0: We are on a mission, a mission to save and revitalize independent pharmacy. On the Catalyst podcast, we dive into current events that are shaping how pharmacists approach their patients and their businesses. Fuel your passion for pharmacy, one conversation at a time.
1: Three, two, one, zero, ignition. Ignition.
0: Hello, welcome to the Catalyst Pharmacy podcast. My name is Mark Bivens. I'm the Vice President of Business Development here at RX. And I'm here with my co-host today, Josh. And I'm Josh Howland,
1: Vice President of Clinical Strategy.
0: And we're here today with Ran and Ching from Terrytown Pharmacy in Austin, Texas.
1: Did you did you intentionally make your wall look really badass oh, behind
0: you? Yeah, no kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> this is all my
2: wife. She's way cooler than I.
0: Am. <laughs> right, she's <laughs> way cooler than me. I love that. Yeah, yeah no doubt. I was just like, oh, I already feel inferior just looking yeah, like no alert. yeah hi i'm Ren, well, and i
2: have six degrees <laughs> no yeah that's all my wife she's a, a physician and she's board certified and got her master's in epidemiology too and all of her diplomas were like rolled up she had never taken them out and i was like hey we've got to like hang them up on the wall yeah, let's do yeah. this. no doubt yeah good to see you guys you guys are all festive yeah. i had to earlier I, I had to grab some of my like decorations here. <laughs> right oh that's true we have the uh, we have the lights on the microphone just randomly throughout the
1: podcast like Bring the nutcracker up, right? Right, yeah. that's true. I mean, when that you want, when you
0: maybe you want me yeah. and Josh to shut up and, and you want to chime <laughs> in, you can be like, Yeah, yeah, nutcracker. No, it can be like,
2: this, it can be the talking stick, you know, whenever yeah. we're talking, stuff <laughs> yeah. Right. right? Yeah, all
0: right. So we have uh Rana Ching here, Terrytown Pharmacy in Austin, outside of Austin, Texas, or is it technically Terrytown is straight up in the in middle Austin? of Austin? Okay, yeah. I'm sorry, oh, yeah. guys, I'm sorry. You uh, don't okay. want to you compu- gotta, yeah. come down, got to come check it out. <laughs> I, I, I've been there only probably a, a handful of times, just in Austin in general, yeah. to be honest. You, oh, like, you yeah, went yeah. there
1: when they moved into the new store, the new location. That's true.
0: I was, yeah, I was there with, uh, with Shiva oh, yeah. and, and yeah. the specialty. Yeah, staff. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Cool, cool. Um, yeah. but, okay. So, um, I know you guys are doing uh, just one in general, a lot of cool things around like COVID, COVID testing. Um, and all the MedSync stuff you're doing, you're also this the, I'm going to say the house speaker is the, what I'm going to call it. I might be getting it wrong yeah. for uh, Texas Pharmacy Association as well. And yes. um, Raynan's really involved. He's uh, the, I'm going to call him community pharmacy, basically operations director over there at a uh, Terrytown pharmacy with the Newberry family as well. Um So before we get into all of the business stuff, you're from Hawaii, right? You're born in Honolulu, right? Okay. So how do you get from Hawaii, Honolulu, Hawaii, all the way to Austin, Texas? um, Really, I bet doing more COVID testing than any pharmacy in the country.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been kind of a crazy ride getting to Austin. Uh, Yeah, I was born in Honolulu, Hawaii, and uh, grew up. There. My dad was born there. My mom lived there for most of her life, and uh, my dad actually worked at Pearl Harbor when he was uh, before he retired. And so, yeah, just grew up on the island. My uncle actually owns an independent pharmacy still on the island, and so I really? grew up visiting his pharmacy and uh, checking that out. So I knew pharmacists and pharmacies, especially independent, uh, all growing up. Uh, and what I really liked about independent pharmacy specifically was that he's in a really poor part of uh, Hawaii or like a low socioeconomic okay. status area, okay. very underserved and man, he just helped his patients however he could. So if people couldn't pay for meds, he bartered with them. He wow. traded pigs and chickens and right. eggs and, wow. you know, agricultural. And so I just saw him being able to help the community where no, like a chain wouldn't put foot like step foot anywhere near where he is located. Yeah, that's wild. Um, yeah,
0: the ROI is yeah. not there for them. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> I don't and, see.
2: Yeah, shareholders would like chickens and pigs. <laughs> that's probably true. Wow,
1: that's so cool. It's also like very much against what you think of when you think of Hawaii, right? You don't think Fire. of. Oh, that's true. That's true. It is just like people forget nations. about that
0: part of the population there. You really do because what when I've been there, I've only been there. Twice, I think.
1: Um, Ooh, first world problems. I know for, I know, oh but, but you <laughs> don't.
0: I mean, I, you don't go there. You know? Right. You don't know that part. You really don't. You forget that that's even part of any like any other state in the country. Uh, right. They have those same issues.
1: Yeah, maybe even more so. You know,
2: like the isolation is is huge.
0: So, so okay. So, what brought you to the states? Did
2: you? So, this is a crazy story, actually. So, um, my mom went to UT for uh, okay. her masters, and so she knew about Austin and. When we were looking, uh, so I love Hawaii. It's great, but the school system's not the best. And so, um, basically, you have Obama uh, that went to Punahou, which is a okay. basically college tuition for kindergarten through high school. Okay. And so, that's not really a great option. And so, we were really looking for good schools for my brother. i have an older brother, and myself. And uh, we're from Hawaii, so we hate being cold. So we ruled out the top, <laughs> the you top know, like eighty percent of the, of the U.S. <laughs> right? So. Okay. <laughs> yep. didn't want to shovel snow didn't want to have to deal with you know sleet or ice and then uh, it kind of left California Texas. and um, my parents are very data driven and so they looked for the places that were the least likely to have a natural disaster no flooding oh, no wow. fires no some tornadoes, yeah no earthquakes and like you know growth and in 1999 my parents said hey, Austin's the place you know it's got a uh, Austin awesome University. Yeah, Josh. Yeah. welcome, right? Yeah, the, yeah, The yeah, best yeah. university uh, in no, the country. Y'all are going to bro out yeah, so yeah. much.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> we, we can double team you now. Yeah, we got you two here, here. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was just a great opportunity. And so we moved uh, to the Lake Travis area, which is about 30 minutes west of Austin. Right. Um, and at the time, I mean, you know, there was cow fields and like just <laughs> pastures yeah. and the old trade like general you know, store and there was nothing out here. And now all of that's changed, and it's so massive, and um, so it's—it was—I don't know—it's was just a a crazy turn of events. But yeah, I'm super grateful and super blessed to like have lived in Austin for as long um, as I have, and I was able to go to UT for
0: undergrad and then pharmacy school, and right. um, yeah, it's been amazing. I, I love being in Austin. So, so one of the few, I feel like I don't get to hear like I, I mean, obviously with as prolific as as prolific as that College of Pharmacy is. Um, i I don't get to see too many super success stories about getting to stay in Austin. A lot of them want to stay there and and you were able to to swing yeah. that. So what took you in from uh kind of give us a little bit of the steps from okay I, I graduated out of the college of pharmacy did did you land right into Terrytown or did you do something in between? Yeah, so that's
2: kind of crazy too um so I started working at Terrytown when I was actually 18. So at the time, I had worked a summer uh, at the Target pharmacy um, over in Lake Travis, and I, I really liked the experience. But you know, they're gonna stick me as a cashier, and I was like, I need pharmacy experience. And okay. so, uh, actually, that I think it was like the Christmas break after my freshman year, I called every pharmacy in like a 20-mile radius, uh, independent chain, and just said, Hey, I'm a tech and training. I would love to get experience. And the only people that called me back were Mark Newberry and like one chain that, you know, after they, they replied, they huh. didn't get back to me. It was great. I sat down in the old Terrytown location and talked to Mark and it reminded me of my uncle's pharmacy, not in this, that um, like, you know, our patient populations are very different, but just that sense of community and like the fact that uh, independent pharmacies are the backbone of a community. And I just loved it. And uh, where since 20, I think 2019, all through undergrad, all through pharmacy school, and actually, you know, as a you know P four or P three, you know, I go up to Mark and say, "All right, Mark, about to graduate pharmacy school. Like, what do you got for me?" And he was like, "Sorry, Randon, I don't have a position for you." And so I was like, all right, nice. Plan B. Plan and B. It was yeah. great. Yeah, it it was great though. Like, um, on rotation, I actually asked to be put in the busiest chain pharmacy. Um, that they had, which sounds ridiculous uh, now, but I only know an independent. I'd only really worked at Terrytown, only seen my uncle's pharmacy. And I was like, you know, these big chains are doing something right. So um, I think it's kind of a dangerous mindset to think that just because we're an independent pharmacy, we provide better customer experiences. And so I went to the busiest chain pharmacy in in Austin. And what was cool is that my preceptor saw the way that I treated patients and took care of them. And you know that's so foreign to chains that she hired me my second rotation so I was able to get wow. a job um, yeah in Austin working for now like one of my really close friends and mentors and um, that was a cool opportunity right out of school um, and then about a year and a half later mark position opened at Terrytown so he asked me back and um, <laughs> nice yeah you know I thought about it for a while and then like I mean this is amazing I like it's a great opportunity and so Came back in I think 2015 at Terrytown. And then 2016 is when um, our long-term care pharmacy was really kind of exploding. Oh, and then yeah. he asked me to That's take over PIC. Expo and care, and right? Markson, I think yeah. is the
0: pharmacy. Expo yeah. care.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I mean Mark's done an amazing job. And you know, our team over there is amazing. And you know, we're just doing the most over there. So it's really cool. So um,
1: yeah, it's been awesome. So you know it's wild. Um, when I was going to pharmacy school, like I was a- about a semester away from graduating as a chemical engineer at UT and I decided that I didn't want to do that with my life so I had to give up my full scholarship and tell my parents that oh, I man. was going to do this Oh man all so right. I had to have a backup plan right beat you up. And at that time you had to have a pharmacist recommendation to get hmm. into pharmacy school and so I had this panic moment of I had to call all the pharmacies in Austin to see if somebody would let me work there at all,
0: at all, right? And just, wow, to, yeah. just
1: to get a pharmacist to say, "Hey, this guy's, this guy's reasonably okay. competent and right. can go to pharmacy yeah, school." Yeah, he's good. <laughs> he's good. Yeah. And so I called a bunch of pharmacies, and um, actually, Terrytown was the one that called me back.
0: Oh, really? And so I didn't know that. Josh. I, uh, I yeah. didn't know that either, man.
1: Yeah. I, I've, so, I've
0: been with him five years, Ranan. So I actually, <laughs> I, I know, worked,
1: yeah. I worked at the old location um, with Mark's dad for. I guess oh, really? seven or eight oh, weeks what? prior to pharmacy school. And um, Terrytown wrote my recommendation cool. to get into pharmacy Holy school.
0: I did full circle, yeah. man. All right. All right. I had
2: no idea, man. That's so so, cool. so both of us owe a little bit to the Newberry family, oh, no. huh? Oh yeah, we owe a lot. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people owe a lot to the Newberries. Like it always blows my mind like we'll reach out to people for flu shot clinics or even just COVID testing. We've done a lot of business COVID testings. And they, everybody's always like, Hey, tell Marcus that said hey. And I'm like, how does Mark know everybody in Austin? Like, but without fail, like everyone's like, oh, oh, Newberry. I'll oh, tell him I said, hey. And I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh,
0: it's crazy. Everyone yeah, just knows him.
2: I just have it. And yeah, know. Mark's got it.
0: So. Yeah, everyone knows him. All right. You, you kind of alluded to just now, um, you know, and I know people probably get tired of us talking about kind of COVID or pandemic impact and stuff like that. But you guys are doing something that I think is off the charts good. Like, like to the point, sure. Other people have been able to test, and that's really cool. But you guys have figured out how to do it at a at a at a wholesale level or just large, large scale with throughput. Um, what what was a little bit of your mindset of even prepping for being able to do something like that?
2: Man, uh, and it's it's kind of like we we chatted like briefly about it yesterday, but a lot of it was um, at first I I said just um, you know being in the place at the right time, but Josh was kind enough to say like, no, like the preparation. So a lot of it came that, you know, um, I had a real interest in strep and flu testing. And um, so, you know, we got our ClearWave license probably like three years ago or four Yeah, so you're on the ball already now. there. Uh-huh. Yeah, 2016, you know, because I was like, man, we need to test for strep and flu. That'd be really cool. And so we got our ClearWave license. We were doing, you know, uh, our first, we have a pharmacy residency uh, for ownership and management too. And our very first resident, that was his business plan was, how do we make strep and flu testing profitable? And we started from there. And I mean, we we do a bunch of strep, bunch of flu tests. And so we already had a very good introduction and also real application of point of care testing in a pharmacy setting. And so uh, when the time came, uh, it was just so crazy that the fact that we had the Quidel and had the BD machines already, uh, was a huge component. Cause you know, Darn. right now I don't think if I put it order for a bail back in March, I still probably wouldn't have it. That's and right. so,
0: probably true. You're yeah.
2: Right. And so just being positioned and w- we had already done it. Um, we started just how we had done it before, you know, we, we incorporated it kind of into workflow a little bit, but it was different because COVID, right? Cause, sure. um, a, a big thing. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this too, guys. Like uh, was how to keep your employees safe, right? So how do I present this to our staff to say, hey, like we need to do COVID testing, and here's how we can do it in a safe, effective way. And um, we have a bunch of bright, smart pharmacists at Terrytown, and uh, we have a pharmacist that's um, our kind of director of like uh, business development, and he was a big proponent of like kind of pushing and saying like we can we can do this, and we can make it safe. And so um, it, it was it was really interesting. But what do y'all think about just the whole like optics of? Because that's kind of a scary thought, right? It's in the middle of, hey, people are getting sick, but let's invite people in yeah, so we can no test them. Kidding. Yeah, no
0: kidding. No, Josh right. is kind of our COVID czar. <laughs> yeah. I, at, for, uh, for better COVID or for king. worse. <laughs>
1: right. He really is. I, I don't want to be called the COVID king. That would, that would be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. But, no. you know, I mean, you know, kind of looking at, you know, just general safety measures of how, and we actually work in a 22-floor a building. You know the one of the things that we were worried about right off the top was the elevators,
2: right yep
1: um, and luckily, most of the building has you know we're probably at thirty percent capacity right now,
0: right Yeah
1: um, but you know, just making sure people are standing in the corners of the elevators wearing masks, we um, had to work with our building to get um an infrared camera installed downstairs so we can scan people and flag yeah. out oh, of wow. range temperatures.
0: We kind of and and, and to give Josh credit and, and Jeff and everybody else too they forced it on the building to be fair uh, yeah. you know but <laughs> we, <laughs> we um, building whoever's re- we kind of did me, it but... and then
1: asked permission later right and then when, yeah you know that's but you know that we were protecting people that worked here you guys were right. actively inviting potentially sick people into right. your pharmacies it's a totally yeah. different ball game
2: yeah and i think um one thing that really lent itself to us is that we had we had the perfect space for it. Actually, the specialty building that y'all saw. Oh, so we have, okay. um, for those people that don't know where our pharmacy, we have our main pharmacy that actually used to be an old Blockbuster. We moved in 2010 and it's hilarious. So the Blockbuster closed down and we moved in. I didn't know it still has all the big windows. It feels, well, it doesn't feel like a it does Blockbuster. Got, it does
0: got the big windows though. Yeah, I could see it's it now that you say about it. Yeah, now that you talk about it. Yeah,
2: but right behind it, we had this little, um, I, don't, I don't even know, maybe a thousand square feet. So like a, like a really kind of like interesting unit right behind the pharmacy. And number one, we're like, we have to keep people safe. I don't want people walking through the pharmacy because at the time we had closed our pharmacy for walking traffic for a month, April to May. And so, um, you know, we definitely didn't want, you know, people getting tested to like interact with, um, the patients that were coming in. Right. And so being able to do what I call like a curbside model, um, okay. we can pull up in your car and we go to your car to test was way easier to implement because we had that space that was behind our building parking bases were right in front of the door and we could truly isolate our testing staff okay. with from our other business and so a lot of it was just logistics and so if you're a doctor office that is on the fourth floor of an office building like i don't think you can it's hard you know it, it's going to be really difficult and so a part of it was having just the ability to do that. And what's cool is a lot of pharmacies have that uh, that ability of either being a standalone building
0: yeah, or a strip
2: mall. Um, and so that's something that was really important uh, to us too. But yeah, it was definitely a, a weird thought where it was like March, April, May, we were keeping people out and then July we were actively, actively yeah bringing
1: them in. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Yeah. So one thing I think is really important and like, it shocked me yesterday when you told me how many COVID tests you guys had done. Yeah. Um, so just kind of walk us through from like test one to test multiple thousand. Like you went from a doing it behind your building to multiple remote sites of testing. It's really mm-hmm. impressive. I, I I've not heard anybody else at all doing that?
2: Um, that was just a, a progression. I think a lot of it is just encouragement um, from Mark and just the, the idea that we can um, meet a need. And so a lot of it has to do with like capacity. And so if you have, uh, you know, our appointments, we started off with just a little hour you know, or not an hour, but like a, a certain hour time frame and a certain number of appointments within that time. And that's another thing too. We knew it had to be appointment based because I mean, I was thinking about flu shots. Think about how many people would line up in the same place to do that. It's just not possible. And so for us, the appointment model was huge. Um, And so having a finite amount of appointments, once you max that out, your options are turn people away or keep expanding. And so um, I think that was really encouraging to have Mark really supportive of that. And just kind of when you see the opportunity, you just put, you know, a lot of people say, you know, or kind of put their best people on the busiest times, but you know, we like to put our best people on like, and our, all of our energy on the opportunities. the biggest. So that was just a huge, yeah, those are huge opportunities. Like if we're maxing out our whatever, three hours of testing, why not four? Well, what happens if we went from four to eight? What happens if we went from one location to two? What if we went from two to three, you know? And so it was just something that kind of grew and like our team has been awesome. And so we started using our current pharmacy staff, to do it just like we had done strep and flu. And then when it got big enough, we knew we had a dedicated testing staff. So a lot of hiring and um, it was just a good thing, especially uh, in the time where people were losing their jobs to be able to create jobs. And yeah. it was really, really neat. And we're still doing that now, so.
0: Yeah, that, that's a good to, that's, I think that's a good to great quote by the right? way. I think is what that. It is? Oh yeah. Have you read that book too? That <laughs> I love
2: is like that one book. One of my favorite books. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Mark, good. yeah. Mark
1: runs down the hall telling us about that book all the time. <laughs>
2: all the time.
1: Sounds oh, like a like, Yeah. Me and me having and... all of us read it, he still tells us about I, it all the time. I
2: know. It's so good. Hedge, hedgehog concept, man. Oh when, yes. like I tell I tell yes. my staff all the time. Like, what's the one thing that we can be the best at? Like, I don't know. I'm not, you know, uh, online retailer. I can't, you know, like FedEx truck stuff. But what can we do? You know, we can turn real. And that's why I think every independent. And, like, I'm curious to see, I mean, you guys have talked to so many independents. Like, do people realize that, like, independence, I think one of great strengths is our ability to pivot and adjust and, oh, and, and change really quickly. We don't have a boardroom. We don't have shareholders. We can just, if we want to do it, we do it, right. you know? What do y'all, like, how, do you think people realize that? or? I,
0: I think some, at least the folks that have been on this show have, right? You know, we, we've got yeah. Barry on, and, and he went about it oh, a, different, yeah, yeah. A, a, bit, a different way. You know, he's done a ton of COVID testing, too, and he had to go drum up you know, just a lab that would partner with him. Right. But he took mm. the time and, and had a relationship already because mental health right. and the mental health drugs that, that, that they do yeah. are, are such a big part of what they do. Um, but you're right. You know, it, it's a, he was quickly able to have some foresight and, and you see that in a lot of our independent pharmacies have some foresight and, and then be able to act on it because and not wait and not have to go get a budget and not have to go get approval for it. Right. You're hundred percent mm. right. I mean,
1: even, you know, when we were talking to you yesterday and you were like, I was expecting you to tell me that you've done, you know, a couple hundred COVID tests and you were like, no, I did like 500 yesterday, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like that level of scale, even though you know about it, the hardest part Mm -hmm. that we've seen that other independents struggle with is how do they let other people know about it? And then, you know, some of the ones that we've been seeing that are successful, like you, you've gone out in multiple locations doing thousands of COVID tests. And you're, you know, the city of Austin and the public health, they know about it now, right? They know right, if yeah. they need anything, Terry Town's got it. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the ones that we've seen that have been successful have those connections with public health or yeah, they're in with their community. True. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and that's one of the things I hope that if people are listening, if you don't know who's in your community and who's doing public health and who's in charge of, right. yep. you know, the economic development or the Chamber of Commerce. Nobody knows what you can do, and it's a huge gap.
0: Yeah, yeah no, Tri- Trip talked about that, you know, and, 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 and I was one of our first ones, I think, with, uh, and, and just talking about knowing everyone in your neighborhood, and, and mm-hmm. if you don't know your public, or do you guys, I mean, imagine you do now, for sure, as much testing as you're doing, you probably have a relationship with someone at the public health department.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, we we even had one beforehand. And so, you know, um, we have interacted with a lot of just in our daily interactions, or uh, whether it be patients with people who are involved with, you know, like the Texas Public Health Department and um, kind of working with them on some projects at UT. And um, I think it's really important, but also just listening to your your environment, right? Like, I feel like we have all these little kind of like sub like Areas or neighborhoods or things and and the needs of one neighborhood is different from another And so what we were hearing from a lot of our patients and and people just asking like you guys do testing or hey Tell me about your testing and we just heard stories and stories and stories of in July, you know Hey, I went to you know, X, you know XYZ. We all know who it is um, uh, (laughs) Box chain, right got 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 a sample. It's been seven days called them They said they lost it. Hey come back and get another one. I went back in they swabbed me again five days go by it. they lost my sample again oh my and forget it like if it's a free test and i have to wait 15 days i don't want it I'm right out. so yeah, he came at that point us. it
1: doesn't matter anyway right yeah i was like dude good job you just quarantine. like you're done <laughs> <laughs> right one of the other things that you talked about that you know you claimed it was being in the right place at the right time but you mentioned that you bought a, a super cold freezer recently mm-hmm. like yeah you know just kind of what was the the thought process behind speculatively buying a freezer that probably what
2: 1% of pharmacies in the country have?
0: Yeah. If. if. Yeah.
2: Like um I, I think that kind of goes back to like kind of like preparation. And um I'm so glad you guys read Good to Great. I love it. Yeah. I always I try to talk to my students about it. Oh, it's such a good And they look book, at me like man, blank faces. It's such a good book. I know. If
0: if you can get past the fact that these comp- some of these companies aren't quite there anymore but they were right, at the right, time yeah. you just you, you know there's so much so much good stuff Yeah. In book. no i think i think when i think about uh what
2: we could be the best at the world at, i think it's um and i think maybe just for independence in general i think it really is looking ahead and positioning yourself in in positions for success and so uh, we talk about like risk versus benefit we talk about you know cost versus opportunity and for us like you know they were talking about, oh, well, Moderna is a front runner. And so, you know, and I guess what, by the time this goes out, hopefully we'll have everything ready to go for phase one. Right. But, you know, everyone's oh, like, yeah, is that crazy? Yeah. You, this one candidate needs a ultra low freezer. They'll never work out. And then I was thinking, oh, well, then opportunity, right? Like we're a small pharmacy. If Moderna or a refrigerated vaccine comes out, they're not going to give it to me. They're going to give it to big old hospital system, right. XYZ. But if that means now Pfizer's over there, like licking their wounds, trying to get their vaccine out, maybe they'll send it to me. Right. So it was kind of an opportunity uh, to true. try to yeah. to leverage ourselves, even as a small player, to be a big part. And so, you know, if if I was going to get left over, you know, if I was going to get picked over as a little guy, well, then I'll go to the person that is going to be basically begging people to take their vaccine because no one that. wants to store it. Mm-hmm. And we'll do it. You know,
0: I love that being the small player, but playing a big role. Right. Yeah. yeah. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to cut that one. We're going to, yeah. we're going to, we're going to, we're going gonna yeah. yeah. to trademark it real quick. Right. Yeah. yeah you have to trademark that. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, it was really weird too. Cause I remember, yeah, back in September, I called the ultra low uh, freezer manufacturer and I just talked to the sales guy, which was really weird too. Cause I called him and he was like, hello, like someone to talk to. And now he's probably like inundated, but I mean, we chatted for like 45 minutes and I was like, Hey man, Who's buying these? Like, where where are these freezers even at? Like, who's a super cold freezer? Right. And he told me research labs holding specimens. That's true. Like, yeah, you know, you'll you'll find it in the basement of some random Ivy League college that you know they store. I don't know what. Who knows what down there? But he's like, yeah, like, and he and he told me straight up. He's like, I will not be able to provide enough. To meet demand. He's like, it's just not possible. Oh, He's wow. like, we can't make them fast enough. You know, we don't have supply chain. Right. You know, we're not gonna invest the, the inventory because then as soon as a refrigerated candidate does come out, just like almost like the mask, exactly like That's mask. That's true. You know? Yeah. So it was very interesting. And so the fact that we were able to chat and talk, and I told him, I was like, I think, I think we're gonna pull the trigger. And he was like, yeah, go for it, man. Like order it now, because you know, if if and when like you know, they people do want it it'll be a, th- I mean, right now we're probably looking at like a three or four month lead time. Oh, By that right. time we will be in phase two and you won't need one. So it's right. really kind of, it kind of came from like a place of not like, like, not I wouldn't say weakness, but almost like being backed into a corner where it's like, I know that I passed up on the main refrigerated vaccine. So we've got to figure out other ways. And sure. so I always tell people um, like, you know, we're gonna hit obstacles, but some people will just give up and other ones will try to get around it. And we've always been good about trying to figure a way around it. I love it. Yeah.
1: That was one of the things that my boss told me early on, and you know, Jeff's a software developer. And he was yeah. like, the reason he loves software is because if you come up a, a hurdle in a hardware situation, you have to build new hardware. If you come up to right. a hurdle yeah. in a software, you just build a way around it. And you kind of took that whole idea oh, of like, yeah. cool, here's a problem. I'm going to find a way to go around the problem. And now the coolest part about that is, you know, you're going to get into situations where the next time this happens, you're already ready. And the people who you mm-hmm. served this time, because you found a way around it. Now you're the obstacle, right? Somebody else is going to come be like, <laughs> all right, <laughs> right, Terry town's going to get this and we're going to skip over all these other people right. <laughs> because you're prepared and they've already shown a track record of it. It's yeah. just, it's a really cool, smart thing that happened.
0: Right. Yeah. It's just, inter- and it's no, it's not a footnote either. How maybe prepped, prepped by accident is a bad word probably, but how prepped mm. you were based on what you were already doing, you know, with strep mm-hmm. and flu and you guys immunize like crazy too already, don't yeah. or, Am I right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was one of the first things that, um, that's actually how kind of Mark, uh,
2: kind of convinced, well, I didn't need too much convincing, but I told him like, you know, Hey, I want to do a huge vaccination program right now. Like, you know, at Terrytown back in 2015, we did flu and pneumonia. The first thing I did, actually the day I started at Terrytown, I met with my mentor at UT who does, she's like the queen of immunizations. Okay. And I just said, you know, Sharon, like give me a five year immunization plan. And she was, she was, she went over every year, like random first year you do this by year five, you're gonna be doing this. Oh, wow. And we went from flu and pneumonia to, I mean, we have rabies vaccines on our protocol. We've got uh, yellow fever. We've got um, uh, Japanese encephalitis. We've got, wow. you know, Hep A, Hep B, like every kind of vaccine you could think of. And so that's just something I was really passionate about. And when the COVID vaccine came out, it just made sense. Cause I was like, well, that's a vaccine. we we need to administer it. And I'm always a big proponent of just pharmacists playing a big role in it. Um, And like, I don't want to like, we can pivot later, but like talking about the whole obstacle thing going around. I know Josh mentioned something yesterday. um, We almost had like a podcast yesterday. I love it. Um, (laughs) We kind of did. Yeah. I know. But I mean, I remember Josh saying that kind of back to basics and like what at the end of the day, like what are the things that we have to do And how can we get that out of the way quicker, do it better, so we can focus on other things? Because we have to balance our books. We have to look at our inventory. We have to manage our workflow. That's a must. But the question is, how much of our time is that going to take up? And how much opportunity are we losing from there? And so I'm curious to see what you guys think about, like, I don't want to pivot too quick or anything. But I'm curious to see, like, yeah, what's the next, like, like hill or hurdle that we have to go around? or 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 what DLC, like, if we freed up, let's say... You know, like Pioneer, like comes out with this like sweet update, which y'all do a lot, you know, and it just makes every pharmacy 50% more efficient and have 50% more time. Now, now what's the opportunity, what's that next hurdle? Right. Right, Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I I think first I need to get with you later and we need to figure out a way that we can get that five-year immunization plan and like (laughs) (laughs) 4,000 independent pharmacies.
0: Yes. Yes. Um,
1: Maybe we can do a partnership with UT Austin and...
0: Oh, for sure. In, yeah. Brandon's yeah. writing a book. Find this. some,
1: find some ex-
2: reasons to go visit yeah. and,
0: yeah, yeah, you know, hang yeah, out. come down Austin, come Yeah, down.
2: yeah, yeah. Because I remember, yeah, you have a, you had a rotation student that did a lot of immunization stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, Matt. And so, yeah, I mean, that'd be awesome. And um, I think the more pharmacies, I, I'm a big like profession person, and so the more people in the profession that can do it and like show our value, it's just gonna be better for us in the long run. right so
1: um, and, you know yeah, it's one of those things where hard. it's like independent pharmacies can't view each other as competitors anymore they have to no, view definitely. each other as you know if one independent pharmacy goes out of business it's a shame if all independent bar- right. pharmacies go out of business it's a tragedy and so you know helping all of the other independents kind of get to a point where you're not competing against other independents you're competing against commodity chain mm-hmm. models of pharmacy and it's just not the way out for independence. You can't live that way. And that kind of kind of mm-hmm. in our, our pivot of talking about mm-hmm. what we're thinking about, you know, with pioneer, yeah. we're really thinking about, you have to be able to do those basic things better than anybody mm-hmm. else, right? Your inventory has to be so yeah, good right, yeah. that you can't possibly mess it up. You know, and, mm-hmm. you know, when you look at, you know, you guys do a lot of cool stuff. I bet your inventory is really good. Right, <laughs> you you can't is, you yeah. can't do yeah. those other things if you don't spend mm-hmm. a lot of time on inventory, buying yep. well, selling well. So mm-hmm. one of those things that we're really going to spend a lot of time focusing on is your inventory's got to be stellar, and you almost have to accidentally have a stellar inventory.
0: Right. Yeah, and 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 also we've kind of you know ran in and you've utilized this probably to the max as anybody has. And again, I'll preface this with, we're not done with it <laughs> is yeah. the the patient engagement side of, of what mm-hmm. you guys yeah. use to coordinate all of this stuff where, whether it was SMS messaging, what right. you, know, you guys created a, a, a place on your website to book an appointment and things like that. Mm-hmm. IE that's what Josh is working on at the moment. Um, but yeah. but yeah, talk a little bit about, I guess, where what you guys put in place or, or if if where you can, um, around some of that S, you know, SMS engagement you guys did and, and other pieces mm-hmm. you guys had to add to it, because you you guys kinda had to build this yeah. thing on the fly with kind of duct tape on the on the way.
2: Yeah, for sure. And that's something that I yeah, I want to talk to you about for sure, Mark. Um during a time. It's like that patient engagement. And a lot of it came from Um, I gave a presentation that kicked about, uh, like patient communication and patient engagement and just like through my research over the years of, you know, people always think that, you know, the older folks can't use technology, but I mean, AARP comes out with a great resource every year where it talks about technology with the elderly. And I mean, it's almost like in the 80 and 90 percentile where you have elderly people that have smartphones and desktops and they're, you know, on social media. And so, um, I think... The way we view it is definitely interesting, and um, I want to. Oh, I guess I don't want to get too far away from the question because no, I just get excited. You're good. I'll, I'll you're, about you're you good. But, we can we can hit that. Um, we can get to that later. Yeah, I think um, as far as the patient engagement side goes, I think the biggest thing was uh, for it to be streamlined for us to make sure that we have um, a good patient experience and it's not clunky. Like, sure, um, clunky is like our our you know, kind of like, you know, swear word in the pharmacy. Like if we have something that's clunky, it's got to get fixed. If that's inventory, if it's workflow, if it's patient messaging, if it's um, even signing up for a, a, a COVID test, you know, uh, one patient told me about this urgent care place. that was running appointments. I was on their website for five minutes and I still didn't know how to up for an appointment, oh, you know, no. just, just, just what is it, what does it look like to the patients? And yeah, like, are we trying to tell our 68 year old patient, yeah, go to our website and sign up for an appointment. Right. And then, you know, a few minutes later I see his name pop up. I mean, that's huge. And that's a super important thing. And so, um, as far as messaging goes, I think the best, I mean, I don't know if we can say like companies, but vow is our phone company. And like, they've been amazing. Um, just, I mean, pioneer integration aside, I mean, just the, the, the flexibility that you have with a, a VoIP or a, like a voice over internet sure. phone system yep. is incredible. And so one of the first things that I was really bogged down by like, have you ever like, you know, like seen those people that are like standing in front of a roller coaster explaining the instructions or like a Trader Joe's and they're like, keep six feet distance and blah, like, yes. that sounds like horrible to me, right? Mm-hmm. And so the first thing we did was recorded the instructions for how to do the test. And before you even check into the pharmacy you know you hear those instructions like take the cotton swab do this and that and then i just saved all of my med techs probably like a minute in like you know oh, wow. i saved their voices too from going out just just trying to find a way to to make it easier and replicatable right i don't want someone to say oh i your med tech told me to stick it in my ear like no like i i recorded the message like you know i know <laughs> what it says and you know it was your you know you have to listen to it and so um, I think the the phone system was huge. Secure messaging was a game changer. Like, to be honest, like, I mean, I mean, Pioneer being able to do that, like, right? Like, how do you send people um, their results if it's not HIPAA secure? Like, how do you yeah. do all these different things? And so um, that were all things just like we were talking about being prepared. Like, the fact that Pioneer's been doing this and preparing for so long helped us do that. Like, couldn't have done, like, all the curbside texting and things that people mm-hmm. have talked about, like, if y'all didn't do those updates, we would be in the stone ages, you know, we would, we would not have the tools to to fight in this, you know, this war. But I mean, you guys do the same thing.
0: Yeah, no, no it was just like, I was just, that's how you get to 500 a day, right? That's how you get right. to 500 tests a day. Um, you make it so easy, and almost done for them to a point, right? right. Like,
1: Yeah, I mean, and we didn't really talk about care planning, but that was one of the deals where, you know, with CPSN and care planning, initially we built it so that it had a lot of features, but it wasn't easy to use, you know, and then you start to focus that in to find out how you can make it easier and easier and then start automating it, you know, and that's where, that's the difference between doing three care plans a day or three COVID tests a day to doing 2,000 a month, 500 a day, whatever. You know, like you just can't do that without understanding how your tools work and having good processes.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. the amount of times that Josh or Jeff both have looked over somebody's shoulder and was like, I can't I can't believe I made them do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then they immediately go back, especially, you know, Josh, give credit goes back is like we got to fix this you know yeah.
1: um, it's funny uh, in, uh, jeff's going to get some good quotes on this but he he um he told me i guess a couple of weeks ago and he's like you know who the worst developer on the planet is and i was like oh man this is going to be bad and he goes it was oh, it was man. me last week right cuz you're always looking back at the stuff that you did before and you're like why did i make that decision you know how do you make it better and so it's always that drive of what i did last week is trash. Now we have to make it better. Right. And every week it keeps getting better and better. Um, and that's just kind of part of the culture that I think a lot of independents have.
0: That's true. Yeah. Well,
2: and I think that we, we need to have, like when you don't have that, then you have the, the computer system that you update every six months and you stop caring and the, the needs of the people. Like, I mean, it's like for any business, I think it's important to look at what you've done and that's not it. Right. Like, hopefully you're smarter or hopefully we're smarter, you know, six months from now than we are now. So an idea we had six months ago probably isn't the best idea. Right. Or if it, if it was a good idea, like how do we make it better? It's changed,
0: Yeah, um, to degree.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's changed. And, and maybe the game's changed, right? Like maybe someone found something that made it easier. And, um, like I, I know for you guys, I think with software, it's probably similar, but I always tell people like, I, I love hearing problems, but you better not just throw a problem on my lap. You better give me a solution. Like, I, I don't want to hear it ran in. Like, you know, our workflow sucks. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. right yeah. Good. No. I'm, yeah. I'll, right. I'll get right on that, you know, but it's like ran in, it takes too long to find stuff in the print queue or Hey, like these are getting you know, lost in the shuffle or, or we're not doing these as fast. And I think if we do X, Y, Z, now we've got that. And so, um, it's a testament to just our, our team and the, like you said, the culture. And I mean, our, our, our med techs are, are super smart. And like, I mean, some of the best ideas we've had for our COVID testing came from, you know, our, our part-time or, or, you know, like temp- our seasonal med techs that are just like, man, Randy, like a few people have called complaining about this or saying that this was tough is so, there any way we can maybe like X, Y, Z, or, or do this and that. And I was like, Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, I had no idea. And we can definitely do that. I boom, 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 it's done, you know. And so stuff like that, just making these like little tweaks and kind of like almost like uh making a sculpture. You you, yeah. you take the big chip to, to to get the the huge like kind of uh figure done, and then you get the little fine-tuning, and then you just kind of go in there. And so um, I think it's super important. Yeah, um, and it's a uh, really tragedy if you stop. And,
0: and to yours and Mark's credit, like you've built a culture where the med tech feels totally comfortable coming to Rand and going, this thing takes too long, you know? And, that, yeah. and that's something where we try to do too here is just like, I, I don't, Josh always says, I think this is a Josh quote, but he's like, I don't care if a good idea comes from the janitor. Like uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it, it, yep. Yeah. They're probably the people that see the dirtiest parts of the buildings. So yeah. best- well, you know, it's enough.
1: funny. I was, uh, when I was working on my MBA, we were studying um, lean manufacturing. So, when manufacturing went over to Japan after the war, their their economy was decimated. So they had to come up with these these ideas to be better and more efficient. Um, and so they actually took ideas from a guy from Kodak to build out Six Sigma and Lean manufacturing. And one of the first things they did was in an assembly line. Typically, the only person who could stop the line was a supervisor. And one of the first things that Toyota did was say, that's that's terrible. The guy mm-hmm. who sees the broken thing go by him on the line right. is the one that needs to stop the line, right? So they made yeah. it so that literally anybody on that manufacturing floor could stop a manufacturing line when they saw a problem. And I think that's really important that you know successful pharmacies and successful companies let the people who are doing the job that they're doing all day, every day, say hey this doesn't work and if we did this differently you get a better result and we all know mm-hmm. how that turned out right toyota's yeah <laughs> known for making defect free cars Pretty right it just
0: yeah. good
1: <laughs> like they'll run forever right you can't say the same of chrysler yeah. right Right.
0: Yeah. No offense yeah. to anyone. And yeah, no offense like to anybody at Chrysler. To. <laughs> right. If they ever yeah, yeah, listen, yeah. Exactly. Like, sorry. <laughs> like my bad. <laughs> we're gonna, since we're gonna name names. <laughs>
1: Notably, I drive yeah, exactly. neither a
2: Chrysler nor a Toyota.
0: No, no, no. He's a car snob in general.
2: <laughs> Josh, Josh, you you just called out, boy, well, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. that's okay. <laughs> but no, I think we're a long I way think, away yeah, from okay. Chrysler taking notice
1: of us. <laughs> that's true.
2: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that's. Um, I think you're right, and I think that kind of comes from. It comes from the top, so to speak. And that's something that I've always been super appreciative with like, you know, Mark's been like a huge mentor to me. And like, yeah, all the quotes you guys have from Jeff, I've got the same number of quotes from Mark. And so um, one thing that we talk about a lot and, you know, we talk about, you know, how do we start this? Or for you guys, like, how do you start a new service? Or I'm sure when you pitched like, I mean, Josh, I was there, uh, actually, she and I were there at the, uh, uh, it was Louisiana, right? It was um, New Orleans at Mm. the introduction of care plans. And, you know, like, I was hyped, man. Like, I was so (laughs) pumped up when you were talking about care plans. And, you know, like, I looked around the room and like, there's some people that just like, didn't, like, they just couldn't wrap their head around it. And so I I wonder about like, um, just being able to be in a position or have the encouragement to, to try something and not be afraid of how it's going to be received because over time, it'll be fine. And so Mark's been always super encouraging to me to, to say like, all right, if we try something, worst case scenario, it fails. At least we know now we don't need to do that. And while everyone's wasting their time trying to figure out, I don't know, like what's a failed idea? Uh, I mean, there's so many. Anyway, like <laughs> we, to, we have a lot of those ourselves. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. I was like trying to, I don't know. To rocket into the into the sea, sure. like we don't need to do that because we've already tried it and it doesn't work right. and we can move on. And so um he would always ask me, like, you know, if I made a mistake, especially as a student that for a student or like a new pharmacist okay. or even just like a new owner or manager, like, we're so afraid of misstepping and we're so afraid of doing the wrong thing, or what if I order too many flu shots, or what mm, if I order yeah. these strep tests that expire or whatever? But or you know, what if you order like, a an ultra gas- low freezer, right? Rate,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what if you order an ultra low freezer? No, 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 no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Um,
2: yeah exactly and it was just something that he w- w- would always ask me like you know did you do it maliciously did you do it on purpose did you make that mistake because you wanted to just you know throw it down the drain and i would always say like no no like never he's like all right so i don't have to blame you for that but did you learn something and i was like yeah i did he's like good if those you know answers to those questions are anything but that then we have a problem right, right? right. and so i was always appreciative of that and like we said like you know we could have bought ultra freezer a different vaccine could come out and then we just have the coolest, most expensive ice cream freezer of all time, right? <laughs> you know?
0: Yes. Yes, that ice cream will be rock hard. <laughs> yeah. I know. I yeah, mean, exactly. The cool part is yeah.
2: you guys are like
1: 20 minutes away from an anthropology department at UT that does use ultra low freezers. So that's true. You could probably sell it to somebody that's freezing a lemur or yep. something.
2: I, yeah, exactly. I yeah. Know. You know, if we have to mark it down and get that off our chest or whatever, we can totally do that. And so a lot of it was just being okay. And like you said, to print an idea and Josh, please, I don't, I didn't mean to say that like care plan. Oh like, no, the first uh, time I presented uh, it, there were crickets. No, no,
0: it was, yeah, no, we've talked yeah. about this. I mean, it, it, a I, long I, time. I, I
2: widely regard
1: that as like the single worst presentation I've ever given just because oh, no. you know when i went to go talk about it like i'd been doing care planning for years and i'd been thinking mm-hmm. about how it worked and what was going to look at it, and i could see the beginning and i could see the end and i presented it to you know 250 people who had not even heard about the beginning yet so we're talking about a vision that we were in two different rooms for all intents and purposes and so right. you know seeing like that and that was one of those formative moments of you can have a vision but if you can't make it simple enough to communicate it to other people it's a fail so you know mm. i took that back to the drawing board and said hey i have to figure out a way to bring independent pharmacists who haven't heard of this concept yet to the table and you know that was really the start of how we made care plans simpler you know really start thinking about all right, well, your average pharmacy is not going to go and build custom templates and custom triggers and all these other fancy things, but we could build that for them and they can use them if they're mm-hmm. very easy. You know, so it was absolutely, you know, looking out like if you're on stage and you ever watch a comedian just totally bomb. That was me <laughs> for two hours.
0: Yeah, but he, I'll say this though. I mean, you came back and you learned so dang much. And and here's the, here's the a here's a number I can throw out there. I think I'll get in trouble, but oh well, if it is. And we've sent, what's the number? What's the final, Um, what's, what do you think the final number is? I don't um, know. We're at
1: about a little over 1.1 million care plans 1.1 million care plans
0: have been transmitted. That is incredible. And and so, yeah, yeah. you're right. It went from like, you know, no offense of like, yeah, something that.
1: It went from this nebulous topic that made me kind of look like a fool. To now, it's commonplace. Like there's yeah. 900 pharmacies that submit at least one care mm. plan a
0: month. Yeah. Right. No doubt. Yeah. Um, and then, and then again, that's like and that's the, I kind of look at that as like if you if you're really gonna go cool, I'm gonna I'm gonna immunize 3,000 patients this year. Mm-hmm immunizations especially flu and stuff like that it's something you have to buy into because usually you have to buy that product before right you have to right. make a commitment yeah. to a number um and, and i used to be on the wholesale side it's a little bit of, of where i, I get oh, that yeah. information from so it's like if you're gonna do you gotta do it you gotta commit to doing it and so that's a little bit commit. of i think what holds people back sometimes from, yeah. from going full in like you know obviously it didn't hold random and them back but um I mean to quote one yeah. of
1: the the best action movies ever, starring Steven Seagal. Fortune favors the bold.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, so uh, credit to Rannon and and that that your crew that has bought in, uh, doing what you're yeah.
2: doing. No, it's great. But Mark, while we're sharing stories, what was a formative moment mm-hmm. for you, Josh? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry, Josh.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm glad you learned a lot from it. I think <laughs> You're, in the, you're like, the I'm poster. glad you learned a lot from we'll the worst share. presentation we'll, ever. We'll do a round <laughs> Right, right. I probably <laughs> love like, it. With R, RX Local has taught me so much about how smart some of these pharmacists are and 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 that are willing to give us feedback on SMS or how we're doing it and, and and maybe whatever triggers it or, 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 Hey, this button makes the patient feel like it's done. Right. And really they're supposed to click on it. It's just so many little nuances of us releasing something that maybe I have uh, had some hand in, um, but, I typically am a vessel for them to 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 go back to has 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 taught me so so much about how patients think how how pharmacists feel like it should work and and we 're always digesting that and and making sure we 're a vessel back to Josh and Jeff and the product guys to go look this isn't this isn 't right this isn 't working correctly or, or or whatever so so yes, that Oh, I hear you, whoever, <laughs> whether yeah. it's anonymous, whether it's someone who knows me. So that, those, are, yeah. those are, I'm learning constantly from that.
1: Well, one of the things that was yeah. weird, and you guys actually showed us what we didn't expect as well off of some of the early SMS messaging. Mm. You know, we, we thought we knew how people were going to use it. And so mm. when we designed the product, we were like, okay, these are the five things that it has to do from day one, right? So that's your minimum mm. viable product. So we go out and like a day later, we've got 50 new ideas in our idea portal about, hey, you guys should do this, this or this. Or if this button were here, you know, 50 different ways that we never even dreamt that the product was going to be used. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. we get that feedback right away. And sometimes you're like, oh, man.
0: Yeah, no, really. There's so, I many, times I didn't think about there's so many times where you're like, you think you thought of everything and you're like, oh. He's right. <laughs> He's right. right. I, I always wondered about that to see if you guys like, if you guys were like, oh yeah,
2: that's a great idea, or if you guys are just seeing that being like, oh,
0: bummer. Like, it's, it's a little bit of both. <laughs> like, how did we miss yeah, it's really like a, yeah, a, a, it? It's really like a can't believe we didn't see it, and and thank God yeah. someone else saw right. it. <laughs> well, you know,
1: even a good example of that is when you guys were testing out the um, the med reconciliation product that we made. Right. Yeah. And you guys were like, well, it'd be really cool if we could just do save and new off of adding a prescription. You're like, yeah. You're you're right. It would be cool, wouldn't it? It would be. (laughs) And so you know, like to our you know to my developer's credit, you know that was out like the next week.
0: Yeah, but you know you're thinking
1: about you know six months of planning goes into this, and you're like you forget. Oh yeah, maybe a pharmacist would like to enter ten prescriptions on a patient's profile.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or or you know, like I always forget, like when I talk to my MedSync tech, you know, we have patients that are like on upwards of 14, 15, like, tw- I think one patient on 20 meds, you know, and oh um, like, like, I can't even take my, like, my allergy med yeah. and my, you yeah. know, Zyrtec or something. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, there's so many pills. It's crazy. Um, right. And it's just a good idea to, yeah, like I said, I love how the fact that Pioneer can like ca- almost capture it. It's almost like you're, you have your own QI team, you know, and you're just like constantly like, like looking up new ways of doing things. And I want to, real quick, because like, I love talking about scheduling and stuff. So, Josh, like, tell me what's up in your world with scheduling. Oh, and then, Mark, later on, I've got to talk to you about like, um, like patient reach, engagement, like surveys, forms through like, ARCS local. Because I just love hearing about that stuff. I want to hear from you all. Yeah. So, luckily, all of that's on the roadmap. Um, and I will never commit
1: to a date again because I will get <laughs> crucified for it. Um, but we will edit it out. Yeah. We're, uh, we'll edit that one. Yeah. We'll <laughs> uh, we can leave that in there. I'm, I will not commit to a date because <laughs> we'll 4,000 people will email me and tell me what's going on. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, one of the things that we started working on again, you know, earlier this year was thinking about scheduling, you know, and, yeah. and you know, the, the pandemic really put that in forefront again of thinking about when you're in a pharmacy and you really want to move toward a community pharmacy as a clinical location. The thing that's, you know, we've got interoperable data now. We've got clinical capabilities in Pioneer and labs and care planning and all this other stuff. But the one thing that you don't have is pharmacy can't continue to operate on an on-demand process. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're really focusing on, you know, building in some appointment-based model features into Pioneer. You know, and that'll start with being able to set an appointment, like just like an Outlook calendar, kind of things like that. And then eventually, the goal is to move toward you know a place where you can set availability and patients could grab yeah. it, kind of like a Calendly type appointment-based setup. Right. Um, you know, so it's an iteration. It's going to take. I would have loved to have said this is going to be ready in March of this year, and you know it changes your life and the life of anybody else doing COVID testing. But the cool part yeah. is, good or bad, I suppose, this pandemic taught us a couple of things, and. One is that it's not going to be the last pandemic. Um, We got fairly lucky in a way that this one was really scary, but not as bad as it could have been, you know, so Mm -hmm. it it said, all right, cool. We have to change our model and we have to be prepared for the next piece. And the next piece, if it doesn't have scheduling, you can't
2: be successful. Mm-hmm. yeah and, it, and i think it's a um it's kind of like that thought process of MedSync, right it's like are we going to be on our heels right, mm-hmm. are we going to be the ones that are reacting to like you know and and really like it's a crazy business model like like relying on people to to get business right like i i have to trust in our thousands of patients that they're going to dial in and put in their refill number go on their app and all this stuff and um how can we do the same thing or like like flu shots have always boggled my mind it's like nowhere else, like you can't just swarm a doctor's office and be like oh wait <laughs> yeah like like oh it's, I've been here for 15 minutes like where's my flu right. shot you know and it's just it's just so out of control but even like I think we have a really good opportunity to create that model better than doctor's offices like I mean I think I tried scheduling a, a office visit or a virtual visit and it was super hard you know and I had to talk to a lady for like seven oh. minutes while she was trying to spell my name. Yeah. Right. And I was like, oh, not that I'm not Brandon. I'm not Randy. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. And so just having that opportunity to just jump on and schedule a visit. And that's why I think, um, we talked about the ease of use. I think it's huge. And, um, yeah, I think you're right. We're going to yeah. need it in the future. I went through the
0: same thing. I, I, we, we went not got so my wife's Marsha. Everyone knows her. Everyone knows yeah. her more than name on me. <laughs> I'm Marsha's <laughs> husband to most people. Um, but, uh, you know, we went through that. We went and got tested because our grandmother's coming down oh, and going to yeah. hang out with us. So we're like, hey, oh, let's all yeah. just make yep. sure we got tested or whatever. And um, so we did. But man, you're right. Oh my gosh. I was, I had to call. I had to email. I had to take a picture of my driver's license and email it. It was weird. It was clunky. You're right. It's clunky. That's the word. And, clunky, and it was yeah. so, but we did it. You know, I had, I, I, I fought through it. But um, you're, you're so right. And I do think there's opportunity there, right? And t- kind of talking through like what a patient could do that what they would rather do. Um, in a, in a, in a, either on their phone or at their desktop and and stuff like that, like getting a consent form for a flu shot for you walk in, right. Or something like that. I I think there's tons of opportunity that that's just kind of out there still waiting. And
1: there's still some, you know, forward looking, you know, eventually we're going to get older and (laughs) patients like us are going to want to do things differently. Right. And so I, my friends know, don't leave me a voicemail. (laughs) <laughs> right. If I don't answer the phone, just
0: remember, Ranan, like if you text Josh me, right? Yes. Like yeah. You
1: yeah, call me if I don't out. answer, text me and I'll call you back. Right. You know, That's the,
2: why you haven't called me back. Right, 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 <laughs> rules right.
0: of engagement. Which Actually in, in a it, funny story,
1: like I forgot my voicemail pen to log in on my office phone. Oh. So I got to get somebody to help me. Uh. Um, which is maybe not great to admit for a technology company.
0: Try all nines. I
1: tried all yeah. the basics. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. but you know, there's a there's a future model coming up where you know like our parents aren't in that mm-hmm. world where they've got smartphones they've been texting they've been mm-hmm. emailing the expectation is a lot of their healthcare is going to be provided in that same kind of stream you can't rely on i want to talk to a human all the time you don't i don't want to if i can do it online or through text message i'm probably going to go that route and so th-
2: those yeah. are the kind and of things we have to think about. interesting um, kind of like, uh, well, we're right by the college too, right? We're maybe like five, six minutes away from UT. And it's actually really refreshing because every year we, we fill scripts for a lot of the sororities and fraternities and uh, yeah. um, dorms and stuff. And I mean, it blows my mind every time a new crop of students come in. Like, I mean, they sound terrified on the phone. They're like, uh, hello? <laughs> yeah, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I need a refill, a pre- prescription. Like, what do you need? And I, I forget, like, if you're not on the phone, like we are like, you know, eight hours That's a day, true. like phone conversations are very weird. And like, you know, we do flu shot clinics over there. And I mean, I mean, it's just so crazy how much they're on the phone and That's how, true. how great they are at texting and responding and emailing. But then... You get them in a like a face to face, situation yeah. or a phone. I mean, this this podcast be their worst nightmare. It'd be like, oh my gosh, I have to like look at somebody <laughs> right, have to, look, have to look, look engaged. I, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, um, but I think it's really interesting, and I think it's important to to not like right now. We always just we're like baby boomers. Baby boomers um, like um, what what what's comfortable for them? What what do they want? What do they want? And more so, it needs to be you know what is more accessible for everyone? What can the, the you know 19-year-old college student do and what can the 68 year old grandma right. do? And I think people are selling the older people short and they're not giving the young people enough credit. And so um, that's, cool. that's why like with the ARCS Local app, I think, I mean, I mean I don't know man. I'm thinking like yeah immunization forms, uh, going straight to priority like Phil Q. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, you can log in and t- type in your blood pressure, your diabetes. All of that stuff, um, but what's important too is it has to be. It can't be dashboard you It can't be like five different logins, like right. you know. Um, and that's what's going to be really interesting to see is like you can do like a calendar thing, but if it's not easy to get to, it's not. You're you're still not going to use right. it, you know. Or two-way texting that you have to go log into a third-party website app, like right. that's never going to work. You know, it's got to pop up. It's got to be the little dashboard thing. It's got to be in the patient's profile. It's got to be on your to-do list, which was the greatest invention of all time uh, cause I was like, how am I going to make sure people read these texts? Um, but it's going to be so interesting. And I think integration will be huge. Right. Yeah. Yep. And that's, that's our deal. If,
1: no true if it's words. not in your
2: workflow, you're not going to
1: do it. And, yeah.
0: and thank you so much for being on. And again, you're, you, Mark, that entire staff you have are, are just a huge inspiration to, to, to everybody that, that we get to talk to. And, um we're just really blessed you got to be on with us today and enjoy the rest of your day
2: hey i appreciate it yeah blessed to be here and talk to y'all too and yeah it's been fun like i could chat with y'all forever and yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i probably will be hitting you guys up about some some stuff that sounds good we'll
1: be coming after you for the five-year immunization plan soon so
0: Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, probably Madison will yeah. be coming friend on You guys have to that come one. visit in Austin at some right. point. Right. Remember, so, yeah. remember, text Josh, don't leave a voicemail. <laughs>
2: exactly. Or I could just spam his voicemail, and then it'll just say 50 voicemails forever,
0: because he'll won't be able to that, That's out. true. <laughs> right. Well, I'm also
1: anal enough to where if the button pumps up, or like you get like little that's red true. thing, that's i got to get rid of it. Yeah. So,
2: oh, so you're, you're a button clearer.
1: Yeah, he got to clear the cues.
0: And my wife has
1: like 30,000 unread emails. It drives me bonkers.
0: All right, Brandon. Well, well, thanks for being on.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. Good to talk to y'all. I appreciate you. Take care. All right. Merry
0: Christmas. And to everybody watching, Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Thank you for listening to this Catalyst podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider liking, subscribing, and or following us. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help us reach more amazing pharmacy people like you. Follow Pioneer X on your preferred social media platform for the latest up-to-date pharmacy news and content.